the book of Matthew chapter 14, please. We will pick up in verse 22 and only read a couple verses of Scripture for time's sake. I continue my series, When the Storm Comes. Last week, I really enjoyed preaching, teaching, laughing. I appreciate all of you good people who told my wife about me talking about her hair. And so, thank you for getting me in trouble, good saints of God. Amen. As I said, she should have been here. When you lay out of church, that's what happens. Amen. I talked last week on running for cover when you panic when the storm comes. How when we walk in Jesus Christ, we don't panic. We walk in the Spirit. When you walk in the Spirit, you won't make a mess of your life. But if you panic, you'll get all emotional and rational. You'll make a quick decision that'll cause you to miss the will of God. I don't want to do that this morning. I want to be led by the Spirit. So last week we talked about running for cover. Today, I want to go to part two of our summer series. And so let's go to the scripture. When you have it, will you say amen? amen? Let's read. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Now evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, and this is the verse that I really want to preach, for the winds were contrary. I want to talk to you about when you're trying to do the will of God, but the winds begin to blow contrary to your purpose and your plan. But everything that you have set in your heart to do seems to become unraveled because something, somebody, something, some spiritual force is opposing your forward advancement. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. And I've come to remind somebody in this house who feels like they're stuck in the middle of the storm, God has not failed you. If you don't see him, it does not mean he's not there. Can somebody say Amen. It might be the fourth watch of the night that he brings deliverance, but God will deliver you. Amen. Stretch your hand this way. Rory, I want you to pray over me. Ask God to anoint me greatly, please. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I want to preach just for a few moments, stuck in the storm. To be honest with you, as I told you last week, the winds and storms really do not phase me in the natural. Of course, that when I'm preaching this morning, I'm not just talking about natural storms, which they do come, physical storms. But really, I'm talking about emotional storms, spiritual storms that begin to wreak havoc your life and your family, your ministry and your careers. Those unexpected storms. It's easy to plan for the storms when the weatherman, what is that man, Jim Kentour, whatever his name is? You know, when he shows up in your town, you're supposed to run. You understand what I'm saying? It's easy, though, when he tells you the storm's going to be a Category 3 and the winds are going to be 90 miles per hour, and he prepares you and he says at 8.55 the storm, we hit Walhalla, and, and then at 
10.30, it would hit Salem and so on and so on. It's easy to prepare for those types of storms. But what do you do when you're doing the will of God and storms come in your life and they're unforeseen storms that you didn't plan for them? You put your money back for vacation and you put your money back for retirement, but nobody told you at the age of 55 you would come down with breast cancer and it would wipe out your life savings and you didn't see it coming. You didn't prepare for it. You've served God all your life. You've tithed. You've been faithful. But that unexpected storm that came into your life when you had everything just in order, you were two years away from retirement, and all of a sudden you lose your job because it goes to another country. What do you do, teenager, when you, you come to church and you're part of the youth group and you serve God, but you've got to quit playing football because you've got to get a job because daddy found a girlfriend and he can't be found anymore, and you've got to help mom pay the light bill. What do you do when those type unexpected storms come your way? And I found myself, to be honest with you, that when these storms come unexpectedly, God is always faithful. And God, I, I, I'm going to be honest, let me brag on myself for a moment. I'm at the place now where I know storms are coming. So when they come, I just get up under the, the, the wings of the Holy Spirit. He protects me, and I know that he guides me, he, he shields me. So my question now is not why, God, are you letting these storms come? It's a different question because I know those that live godly shall suffer persecution. And I know the rain will fall on the just as well as the unjust. I have grown in God to know these two things. So my question is not why anymore. I've got a new question. After 22 years of serving God, I don't ask him why anymore. And I'm not judging you for that because in the past I've done that. My, my question now is not why. My question is how long. I feel the Holy Ghost. God, I know storms are going to come. I know the devil's going to fight. I know my child's going to lose his mind at least one time this summer. I get that, God. That's just normal. I know my wife's going to have a bad hair day and blame me for it. God, I, I get those type things. So, God, I know the storms are going to come in our church. People are going to have affairs and things are going to happen. I said that. Things are going to happen to church this size and somebody's going to say something bad on Facebook and I've got to clean up the mess. God, I know those things are coming. But, God, my question is no longer why. My question is how long. Not why the storm comes, but how long is the storm going to last? That's my question. I, I, I don't mind the storm that lasts three hours, God. When Hugo came to my little town of Society Hill back in 1988-89, it wasn't that the storm stayed long, it was the aftermath and the effects of the storm that stayed long. We went almost two weeks without power, is anybody listening? You know what you do two weeks without power in a little town like Salem, Society Hill? That means you've got to take a bath out in the woods where they pump the water like this. See, you didn't ask God for a brand new car. You just wanted God to send the lights back on. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You weren't asking God to go to the beach to crabby mice and get crab legs. You just wanted something besides a tomato sandwich. Anybody listen to me? God, it's no longer why the storm comes. I just want to know how long is the storm going to last. And I've come to preach for the next 20 minutes to a group of people that are in the middle of the storm right now. And you've served God and you've been faithful. You've prayed for that wayward child now for 10 years and it seems like it's worse now than it was 10 years ago. And you're not mad, you're not upset, but you've come to the place where your back is against the wall and you're asking God, God, how long do I have to be in the middle of this storm because I don't know if I can take it much longer. Can I tell you something this morning? Your God has not failed you. Don't you quit in the middle of the battle. There 
is a last round. There is a last chapter to be wrote. There's coming a day that the David in you is going to rise up and say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine as the find my God? There's going to come a showdown at the OK Corral. And when that happens, your God will fight your battle and settle the issues in your life. If you believe that, will you give God praise in this house? How long, God? Let me give you the background of Matthew 14. There are two episodes in the gospel of the life of Jesus where he encumbers the Sea of Galilee with his disciples. In one, he is inside the boat when the tempest and the storm begins to rage. It shows to us symbolic in every circumstance our God will not fail us because if we are positionally in Christ Jesus, the Christ that we serve cannot fail. We may stumble and falter, but the Christ in us will never stumble and falter. And if you've been built and your foundation is built upon the rock, the winds will come and the storms will blow, but great shall not be the destruction. The problem is not the storm, the problem is your foundation. If your foundation is rock solid in Jesus, let the winds blow, because even death cannot destroy you. But if you built your foundation on people, you shall fall by the wayside. In that one time, he is in the boat. But in this story, it is different. He's not with them. In fact, he stayed behind and sent them into the storm. He sent them directly into the storm. This was not just a, a satanic attack. This is God directly sending them into the storm. Have you ever prayed like this, like I have God? You call me to preach, but you never told me about that devil. God, you told me to go to that church, but you never told me about that problem. God, you told me to marry that woman. All right, be quiet, man. Don't say nothing right here, all right? But God, you never told me about her bad breath on Tuesdays. God, you understand what I'm saying? I jazzed it up real clean not to get you in trouble right there. You understand? God, you told me about all these things, but you never told me about what I had to encounter. Can I tell you why? Because if God would have told me everything that I would have had to go through to get to this moment in my life, I'd have told God, no, I'll just take a rain check. Because at 18, I couldn't handle what I could handle at 28. And at 28, I could not take what I could take at 38. And at, at 32, I could not take what I took last week. But as I grow in God and God gets bigger in me, I understand that the weapons that are coming against me, they're of the devil and they're just temporary. And if I stay grounded in Christ Jesus, hidden behind the cross, full of the Holy Ghost, let the winds blow if they might. But if God be for me, then who can be against me? These storms that come in him at this moment, they bring two things. First of all, they let us know by these two different stories. This story is found three times in scripture. Matthew 14, Mark chapter six, and John chapter six. But it shows us that storms come in all different types, shapes, and sizes. In this church this morning, there are people that are going through different storms. Some of you lost your child. To, to, to a situation that's, they're no longer in church, but somebody else lost their family member to death. Somebody lost their job, but somebody else is going through a financial crisis of a different sort. See, every storm is different. And, and we try to compare ourselves to ourselves. The Bible said we do so seemingly what is unwise. It's not about comparing my storm to yours because you cannot relate maybe to my present storm. I may not be able to relate to your present storm, so let's not size each other up. Can we just say to each other, I'll pray for you if you pray for me? 
We almost got to give this testimony to one up the next person beside them. You know how we add some things to our testimony? You know what I'm saying? We got arrested one time, but when we testify, we tell people we got arrested a couple times. I'm not saying we're lying. I'm just saying we're evangelistically speaking. Come on, now don't get quiet on me tonight. You know preachers are guilty of the same thing. They'll count some people twice just to get a bigger number, right? All right, I'm moving on. It's okay. Not only are cutting the storms come in different shapes and sizes, they're unpredictable in their timing. If I can plan out my storms at certain seasons, then I can prepare for them. But it's those unexpected storms that I don't have a chance to prepare for, and the timing's not perfect. Why, why is it that your children never lose their mind at home when nobody's looking? But in the middle of graduation, they want to lay out at the Wahala High School floor and start kicking their feet. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, go with me this morning. Why is it that you can't plan it at the right times? God, let the car fall apart beside the house at Wayne Deaton's house so I can blame it on him. But God, why does the car fall apart in the Wahala Christmas parade? You with me? These things cannot be planned. That's what's going on right here. The storms come in different shapes and sizes and they cannot always be predicted by time. But what this represents to us is that when storms come, we don't control them. The good news is you don't have to control the storm. You've just got to control you in the storm. Are you listening? Last week you were shouting, now you're quiet, so let me just dig in your business then. We always want to control the storm. You can't control the storm, but you can control you in the storm. You don't have to cuss and lose your mind in the storm. You don't have to quit church in the storm because somebody hurt your feelings. You can't control the storm, but you can't control you. You lost your job. You don't have to blame God. I started tithing. Now I lost my job. God is a providential God. God is a sovereign God. God's not going to let you fall. The storm is not your problem. You are your problem. You can walk through the storm with God if you keep yourself in God. But when you step outside of God in the storm, then you fight the storm by yourself. I don't want to do anything by myself anymore. I don't even want to walk two miles. I've been walking two miles each day. I don't even want to do that by myself anymore. I got to walk in the other day, and I heard this dog start barking behind me. Holy Ghost, come on me. You understand? I want to be faster than the dog. Let the dog get a leg cramp. Let it get locked, Joe. I don't care. But I don't want to do nothing anymore without the help of the Holy Spirit. You understand what I'm saying? It's not the storm that I'm worried about. I'm worried about the people that I pastor in the storm. If we stay together as one and don't panic and we trust God in the storm, the storm will never cause this church to fall apart. But if we let the storm get on the inside of us and pull us apart, the storm will destroy us. But I come to let the devil know this church is built upon the rock and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. <laughs> Quickly, the thing that I want to point out this morning as I close come to a soon close, excuse me, is that the common denominator between Matthew 14, Mark 6, and John 6 is that they all let us know that the winds were contrary. We always jump over to the fourth watch of the night. I don't even know if I will touch there today, maybe next week. But I want to show you what the word contrary means. The word contrary means opposite or opposite then or opposite against. It means that the winds that are blowing are opposite of what we feel, what we think, and where we're going. You understand? Like Wayne Deaton runs up the mountain beside our church every morning. He's, 
He's like 170 years old, and he, and he runs up and down the hill, right? All right. If I was doing that, it would be the opposite. Because running up the hill and walking down the hill makes no sense at my size. It would be contrary. I would run, <laughs> forget it. Anyway, I see myself rolling down the hill, so I'm going to stop. Amy has a bad visual. I fell last night in the old church on, a, on, a, on water, so I don't run anywhere. Anyway, and so what happens is the winds were opposite. It means it was contrary. It means that the disciples, after seeing great divine miracles, are being led by Jesus now to a storm on a sea that they know that shouldn't take but a couple hours, and now they're embracing a storm that is contrary. It means that it is fighting against them. The wind is fighting against them. And that's what I've come to preach to you this morning. I want to talk to some people who feel like, Pastor, I'm doing everything you're asking me to do. I'm faithful. I give. I trust God. But every time I start going forward, what should take five minutes feels like it's taking five days. And it feels like I'm pressing against everything just to move one inch forward. I'm not even talking about jumping two miles ahead. I'm talking about just trying to put one foot in front of the other. See, there are times we give God praise for advancement, new career, new job. But have you ever been a part of your life somewhere that you were so down on your luck and Satan had beat you up so much or you made such a big mistake that you didn't give God praise for taking you 10 years ahead? You said, God, I just want to praise you for getting me up today. I know everybody can't get this. This is a little too spiritual for some, but that's all right. Just hey, hang out at 12, then you can leave, all right? But I want to preach to some people that you buried your brother or you, you buried your wife or you buried a child or you had a miscarriage and while everybody else is buying diapers and while everybody else is having birthday parties and they don't mean nothing by it and they put it all over Facebook, you can't even get on social media that day because your sister who's not even living for the Lord is pregnant and not even married and I'm not judging that person, but you've been faithful all your life and you ask God, God, why can they have children? But it seems like my womb has been locked up and you're not even asking God for great miracles. You just say, God, can you get me up today so I can just brush my teeth and move forward? Now you're talking about advancement in careers. Well, you feel like I just want to move forward. My husband's been been saved, serving God, been sober for six months, but last night he had a relapse. God, I, I'm so disappointed. I'm not even asking you to bring him to church this morning. I just want you to show me, is this my new norm? Will he go back to his old self? Oh God, can you just give me one week of him being sober so we can start over? Am I preaching to anybody today? Anybody who says, God, I, I feel like everything's fighting against me. I'm not even asking you, God, for a new car. I just want to know my child, when they're not with me, are they going to be protected? Everybody else is praying for new cars like Oprah's passing out keys. And God, I'm praying because my child's not always with me. And I'm going to preach. I don't care if you like it or not. I'm going to be me in this pulpit. God, I'm just praying that you will just keep angels about my child so no vile person won't touch them when they're not in my presence. Because when they're in my presence, God, I know how to keep them safe. But God, what do I do when they go to somebody else's house? 
And I'm not there to watch them. I'll beat the wolf off God when they knock on my door. But God, what do I do when my child goes somewhere else, God, and I'm not there? See, I'm not talking about jumping 10 years ahead in ministry. I'm saying, God, can you help me go through this day so I don't lose my mind? If you ain't never prayed that, what do you do as a parent when you raised your child, but your child disappoints you, can't even call you on the phone? What do you do as a church leader when you prayed for somebody, you cried over and you fasted for them, and you saw them, but they get mad over nothing and won't even pick up your phone call? See, I come to preach to some people who are not asking God for these crazy things. They're just saying, God, I've been in the middle of this mess all night, all night long. But the problem is, is not the storm. The problem is, is I'm just not moving nowhere in the storm. I don't mind the storm, God. I just don't want to stay in the same place in the storm. There's some foster parents in this house. If you're listening this morning, God's trying to speak to you if you're just listening. The thing about the storm is the time and the distance. The time and the distance, they don't match up. This is a normal place of travel for them. This shouldn't take all night, but we know through Scripture in John that it takes to the third watch of the night, which is 3 to 6 a.m. This should not take eight hours. We know they left at dark. It's eight hours on a trip. That should have only took a couple hours. My goodness. See, that's how you feel in the middle of a storm when you go, God, I thought this would be a six-month journey of fighting. But God, it's been six years that I've been fighting for my child. Six years, God. You never told me it would be six years. He couldn't tell you. If he told you it'd be six years, you'd have quit church and went back to the bottle and lost your mind. If he told you you'd have to fast twice a day for three weeks, you'd have quit. You'd have gave up on God. If he told you that you'd have to pray for your child to get home safe because they were drinking and driving, and you'd have to walk the house and anoint their pillow and anoint their bed, you couldn't take it if you knew how long it would take. But you hear me this morning, you can take it because there's a God on the inside of you that's not gonna let you fall when the storm is raging in your life. I come to encourage my people this morning. I come to encourage the church that I love and the church that I pastor. I come to beat the devil off your back this morning to tell you it might take longer than you thought, but God's not left you in the storm. Your God is with you and your God will prevail on your behalf. The time and the distance do not match up what should have took Two hours to go eight miles has took eight hours to go two miles. See, not every storm brings destruction. In fact, the greatest storms are the ones that linger. Please write this in your mind and prohibit. Said the divorce took one year, but it's took eight years off your ministry. That cancer lasted eight months, but you won't plan now because the devil told you it was coming back. See, I don't mind the Hugos that come in my life. Hugo came, Hugo left. It changed us. It changed my little town, but it left. But the storms that linger then prohibit means it will not let you go forward. I'm about to say some things. Get ready. Some of you have backslid since I've been here. 
and you've come back to the Lord, but some people won't let you go forward. I will today. And the same ones that keep bringing up your past, when they mess up, I'll help them too. Anybody listening? See, you had one bad week, and listen, I know it takes time to build back trust. I'm not saying that. If I lose my mind and they get me on social media today and I'm saying some words that I don't say, you with me? Don't, don't ask somebody if they say bad words. Go ask their children. I had a coach one time cuss my son. I said, I've never cussed him. You're not going to start cussing him. You can discipline him in a righteous manner, pull him off the team. I don't care, but you're not going to cuss him. You understand what I'm saying? If I do that, I would probably be set down by the church of God for at least six months. You do that, nobody's going to think anything about it. Are you listening? See, the devil wants your storm to linger and prohibit you from moving forward. It wasn't the fact the disciples were in the storm. This was not the worst storm of their ministry. It was the fact they were going nowhere. They were stuck. I want you to move forward in your life, your ministry, your marriage. I want to see some sons and fathers come back together. I want to see some mothers and children, daughters come back together. I want to see some of you that are married, but you're really not married. And I'm not trying to be crude or ugly and all the kids out in the room. I want some fire to come back to your marriage. Oh, brother, no, you can't say that. Why not? The song of Solomon's got more fire in it than any movie you want to see right now. Oh, we got a preacher. He's preaching crazy again. I want to be like Joe and Nancy. When I get to be their age, amen. Every time she comes around, he's smelling her hair. I thought, my goodness, what's he smelling my nail? You understand? They're 110 years old and madly in love with each other. You understand what I'm saying? What's wrong with that? We're married. We're showing our kids what godly marriages look like. And we look at each other like, who is the stranger in my house? God help us. See, that one bad thing, that one time, sir, you looked at something. I'm going to take up for you. Your wife should not be holding that over your head now. She should be your accountability partner. You should give her your passwords. She should be the one helping you as you come over that struggle. And by the way, when she bought that one too many pocketbook that one time, you cannot keep money away from her. You are partners together in the kingdom of God, showing everybody what a good marriage looks like. Oh, Lord. Move forward, move forward, move forward, move forward, move forward. This storm was not supposed to last. Real quickly, I'm going to just tell you three things. Not close. First of all, I want to show you that God was sovereign in this storm. This storm was led, Jesus in verse 22, the Bible said he made them go over there. He made them go across the sea. He made them. That means the circumstances was there were full known by God. He knew what they would face, not because he designed the adversity, but maybe God was trying to work something out in them that this storm would reveal that would be beneficial for later. Count it all joy when you fall in diverse temptation, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work. Why? That you may be complete 
entire, I love this next part, and that you will lack nothing. See, you thought the storm was meant to kill you. The storm was meant to reveal something in you that you might change. And by changing, God is equipping you, putting another arrow in your quiver. That way when the lion comes next week, see, two weeks ago, you wouldn't know how to take him. But now, because you went through that, then you can go through this. Ah, that's good preaching. Ain't nobody else going to say it. I'm going to say it this morning. Maybe God's preaching to me. Two weeks ago, I couldn't, take, couldn't go through what I got to go through this week. But because I went through that storm last week, and I know God revealed something that I didn't have. So God gave me another gift. So devil, you should have came two weeks ago if you wanted to kill me with that. Oh, but God took something out of me. And you thought Jezebel was going to entrap me. But God let me go through that. So I went through that. Now I'm lacking nothing. So devil, I'm not going to fall to your temptation. Because see, I thought the storm was meant to kill me. It was nothing but God taking me on the operating room, on the potter's wheel, and taking something out of me and putting something in me so I can handle you at this moment. Are you listening? Rocky couldn't beat the Russian until the end of the movie. It took a little bit of training in the snow. You understand what I'm saying? Some of you, you're not going to fall by the wayside. This storm is not meant to destroy you. It's God's trying to produce something in you. Secondly, real quickly, you might be struggling, but you're not out of the sight of God. At no time, at no time were they out of God's eyes. <laughs> That's powerful. That's powerful. My mama would let us play in the backyard. You, you understand what I'm saying? And my backyard is like a backyard and two fields and a creek, and a pond, and the woods where I'm from. Anybody, anybody raised in the country? You know what I mean? So, but mama would let us go out there, but she would say, don't, don't go that far, and don't go that far. Well, like any good southern boy, we always went further than what mama was saying, you understand? But you know what I realized? Every time I'd cross that line, somehow mama would come driving up, and she said, didn't I tell you not to go? I used to like to go down by the highway, Highway 52. My grandma said, don't go by the highway. Go by the field and go home. I thought my grandma was crazy, so I decided to go by the highway. I don't know how she knew about it, but we have these things called whipping willow bushes in Society Hill. Anybody know about that? I'm not saying do this. You, you probably go to DSS if you do this now, but my grandma did something like this right here. She took, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and she led me back home. Now listen, I wanna, I'm gonna go on record, do not do that. They might get you for child abuse now, but can I tell you something? I never went by the road again, though I know that, praise God. Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying I was never out of the eye reach of my mother. I was never out of the eye reach of my grandmother. I don't know how they do. It's like they had a third eye somewhere. Can I tell you something? You think that God doesn't see you in your storm? You think you're in the storm by yourself? At no time in their storm did God not know where they're at. He was on the mountaintop praying. He was on the seashore watching, and then he was so good, he just started walking on the water just to get to where they're at. And you thought that you were all by yourself, and you been crying, talking about, I'm going to quit church. Nobody knows me. Nobody knows the storm I'm going through. Nobody's called to check on me. Nobody's sent a call. Can I tell you, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost has been with you all the time in the middle of your storm. You may have had to go through the storm feeling you were alone, but you were never, ever alone your God had your back the whole time. 
Stand with me all over the house. All over the house, real quickly. Mark 6 and 48 says this. He saw them straining. The word straining was a legal word. It means pressing of legal situations. That means what should have took one court date took six or eight months. Anybody been in Wahala court system, you know what I'm talking about. Not only that, it meant a severe affliction. It means that you were diagnosed with a disease. But instead of it being a temporary disease, you strained because it became a long-term disease. It talks about your circumstance. It talks about demonic assault. Those four things I will probably pick up there next week. The Bible said Jesus saw them straining, pressing. Isaac, come here quickly, quickly, quick, come here. Saw them pressing. Come here, quickly. There you go, that's that 40. Yeah, stop. Don't let me buy you. I, kn I know my blessing's there. My child's salvation is there. I've got to, I got to get there, but I'm straining. That's what that scripture is saying. Press against me. Don't knock me down. <laughs> they're rowing, but they're going nowhere. Stay with me. To me, that's the, that's the worst part of this whole scripture. Steve, it wasn't a storm. Storms are going to come. We gotta be big boys and girls, and they're gonna come. They're gonna come. It wasn't the storm, it's the fact that they're trying to get to the other side. And they can't go because they can't get through this storm. I don't know who I come to preach to this morning, but you feel like pressed against me. That you're trying. God, I just want my marriage. God, why I take two steps forward and I take two steps back. God, my breakthrough for my son's right. There, God. Why, God? Why this storm? My heart's heavy for somebody in this house. I've come to pastor. I've come to church, but I can't. I can't get through. I'm straining just to get through. I don't know who you are this morning, but I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. And I'm going to stop there. If God would allow me next week, I'm going to pick up about the fourth watch of the night. And a God that shows up in the darkest hours. We'll save that for next week. But today, I want to pray with a few people. They say, Pastor, I'm straining. I don't mind the storm, but how much longer? Pastor, I've been in this boat a long time. Father, there's a sweet, Sweet spirit in this place. And if they have heard my heart, then they know that there's no condemnation. If anybody is in this house and they took me throwing stones, they have totally missed my sermon. My sermon is symbolic to help them get through what they've got to get through. It's not the storm. How long, God, have I got to stay? Father, on Pentecost Sunday, may the Holy Ghost break every chain that binds. Would you hear me? 
I rebuke the spirit of confusion. There are some of you in the storm and you're there and you're confused. I'm going to pray God, as I said last week, give you a sound mind. God is not the author of confusion. In Jesus' name. Count of three, I want you to come. One, I want to pray for people. That illustration that I just showed with Isaac. When you're straining against. Two, when you're pressing when the storm comes, you say, Pastor, I know I'm there. I feel like I'm going nowhere. Three, come all of the house quickly. Quickly, come, come, come. Let me pray. There are those coming, others coming, there's others coming. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. Don't worry about what everybody thinks. Some of you are in the biggest storm of your life. But God, but God, but God. Somebody say, but God with me. But God, he's there with you. All right, all of the house. I want others to come help me pray. Pray, leadership, pastors. Some of our pastors are already at camp meeting. I need our, our, our team to help me, please. Prayer warriors, help me, please. But I'm telling you, as I feel pressed in my spirit, there are others that need to be here in this house. There are others that need to be here. There are others that need to be here. God, God, right now, 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 right now. How long? How long? How long, God? How long? How long? How long? How long? How long? Come on. I feel the Holy Ghost saying there's more. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm not worried about the business meeting. At this moment, it means nothing to me. I'm not worried about pizza. I don't care if they've got to heat it up five times. At this present moment, my only concern is the people I pastor that I want to help through the Spirit this morning. Others come, others come, others come. Would you begin to sing, let's sing, let's sing.